0: Stardew Valley, digging D- in, in the, the dirt, dirt.
1: breaking hearts, fishing fish, fish, and fish.
0: Try
1: trying to go home. home
0: at night. <laughs> Stardew Valley—it's
1: so catchy.
0: It's you—you uh, you made a real banger, as the kids say. You're gonna have to start uh, a, a SoundCloud or a Bandcamp yeah, and start just, selling selling your tunes.
1: <laughs> the fan tunes that I come up with.
0: You'll have to cut Jess in though with that discordant yeah. guitar she added. I mean,
1: it's only fair. I also sing to our pets. Every I, I write songs for our pets when I'm petting them.
0: Okay. I do the same with my babies when I'm carrying them around.
1: Yeah, you have to.
0: Yeah. I was just cuddling one of them walking around the house while my partner was cooking dinner and just singing little songs about him. And then he cuddles into me, and it's the best. Aww. And then I start thinking about how he's almost one, and this will yeah. be the last time I snuggle a baby. Wow. And I start to get all weepy. Aww. Yeah. Parenting.
1: Parenting.
0: Emotions. <laughs> Digging <clears throat> in the dirt.
1: <laughs> wow, it got real there for a second.
0: Oh, whoops. That's not what I meant. Aww. fish. and fish. Um, the best thing to ever come out of our podcast oh, yeah
1: i mean it, it is amazing i'm gonna come up with a stardew valley song every every season
0: every season i love like every
1: it. season yeah oh, gosh
0: assuming <laughs> we do any more seasons <laughs> and this isn't it <laughs>
1: Oh, it's been a good run. We came up with a good song. I'm happy with that. Yeah,
0: you know what? We did a year plus. It's better than most podcasts.
1: Yeah, already in like the you know higher percentile for, yeah, for
0: two shows, like top two percent. We kicking it.
1: Wow, good. We killing us. it.
0: You oh, watching gosh. Andor?
1: Yes. Oh.
0: Yes. How are you feeling about it? I assume you love it.
1: I do. I love it so much that I'm a, like, I really do want to binge it. And I get frustrated. We just watched the most recent episode mm-hmm. and I'm announcement and I'm frustrated because I'm like, what's next? I don't want to wait a week.
0: I mean, did you find it a little bit strange when they started doing that product placement in the crossover? What? In that uh, part where they were cleaning up that shed and there was the peg axes? And then that tune started to play. You didn't notice that part?
1: No. What joke are when you talking about? started going, it was... <laughs> I was like, where is
0: this going? Digging in the <laughs> that
1: is very... It's just
0: so weird to hear your song <laughs> in a <laughs> very expensively produced Disney Plus show.
1: <laughs> How did they know? You know, it doesn't really match their 80s kind of Blade Runner vibe for a sound but
0: you know yeah see see yeah I like the show I'm enjoying it it's a little too Blade Runner for me um and where I find it kind of affected is when it gets to the the soundtrack and they're literally putting in that like warbly VHS like distortion I'm like come on Like, we have proper audio.
1: Once every so often.
0: It's every episode. It's like... I'm like, okay.
1: At first, that sound, like, I was like, yes, I love that sound. Like, 80s. And then it kept happening, and I was like, okay, we can. Yeah, I don't need a nostalgic
0: uh, musical cue. Like, the show is interesting enough. I'm loving, you know, the office politics going on upstairs, and uh, Mon Mothma's sad, joyless life.
1: (laughs) I feel like... A name like Mon Mothma.
0: I'd go join a rebellion as well. (laughs) For
1: a title of, like, that is a great name. Mon Mothma. And she looks so regal, and then she goes home, and she's just like a sad housewife. I'm like, fucking come on. Shoot someone, for God's sake. Yeah,
0: her husband sucks. Her kids suck.
1: Her kid does suck. Like, come on, kid. It just, ugh.
0: I don't even know what they're talking about, but I can tell that their kid sucks.
1: Well, I feel like... Is the kid conspiring with the dad against their mom? Like, could be. I feel like it's. Hap- I just. I and this is why I want to binge more because I want to see what happens. I'm enjoying it, so I'm. I'm loving it.
0: Yeah, me too. I'm enjoying it. it uh, same complaints I had about Rogue One, which is it's a bit joyless.
1: Well, I mean, Ben, it was. It's not a good time in the galaxy.
0: No, I appreciate that, but most of the Star Wars media we've had up to this point has been at least somewhat fun uh there have been moments of levity and humor and uh that sort of thing and i enjoy that and i think there's a place for all these different uh sort of versions of star wars to exist um but yeah i think i think this one could use some some humor or some uh some muppets
1: no I like it. Sad sack. Clexi says it's good. (laughs) Two thumbs up. Two sad thumbs up.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Can't wait till they start playing dashboard confessional in the finale. Just to drive that emo home.
1: The dark fog. The sad, depressing music. Diego Luna looking pensive out into the distance. Like, oh, it's like it was made for me. It's amazing. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a cute robot that has a stutter, and I enjoy him.
2: But where were you?
1: It's not important.
2: If it's not important, well, well why not tell me? Marva said you were out ruining your health and reputation with friends of low character. She told him sooner or later you were going to get, get yourself into trouble you couldn't talk your way out of. Then she told Grasso that... You know,
0: the robot is the closest thing to, uh, I don't know, a bright light or a silver lining that we get in this show. But yeah, it's fun.
1: Okay. So did you ever hear the the negative feedback around Life is Beautiful? Did you ever see mm. that movie?
0: Um, no, but I can probably guess what the negative feedback would be. That it was joyless.
1: No, that it was too joyful. Oh,
0: well, okay. That's fair. Uh, and
1: that it's not right to have a joyful movie about the Holocaust. Hi, Jason. Yeah, just join us.
0: Join us, Media Res here,
2: if you will. <laughs> is this uh, uh, what was the the Taika Waititi movie that you guys were talking about? No, not Jojo Rabbit. We're actually talking
0: about Life is Beautiful with uh, what's his face.
2: Oh yeah,
0: yeah. Um, and Lexi was saying that some people have an issue with it being too uh, light, which I would argue it's not. It's it's from the perspective of a child who doesn't understand what's happening.
1: Yeah. But I think that was like Steven Spielberg's um, feedback is that you're trying to make something that was a really like a heavy brevity type thing, genocide, into something that was joyful. And that was what people were like, no, this was from a kid's perspective about a dad trying to make a horrific situation livable for their child. And it's a story of love. And so I see both sides of the Star Wars, like why we would have a really, really serious Andor type approach to it, but then why it's also really important to have like the goofy, like the droids, like running around because you have to kind of find joy.
0: Yeah. I would not argue that there is a true Star Wars in any sense. I believe that that ship sailed when the prequels, no, that (laughs) ship sailed when empires happened. Like there's (laughs) never been one formulaic Star Wars. Um, but I personally believe that goofiness is sort of baked into, uh, what I see as the pie that is Star Wars. And I think if you take out the the goofiness, you sort of have mincemeat instead of blueberry to carry this pie <laughs> analogy further, uh, i think that's probably
2: i don't know i think this is
0: a little (laughs) (laughs) half-baked it's too soon to introduce you jason um i'm gonna throw out your bio though and just say jason makes puns uh you know what that's as good of a segue as we ever get (laughs) let's uh (laughs) let's do the theme song Welcome back. This is Dork Matters. I'm your dad dork host Ben Rankle. With me as every recording is uh our Ed Dorkator Dork Lexi Hunt. Is that what we're doing? Usually you just It's a double dork negative. Yeah, <laughs> is that a double is it a math equation? Two dorks cancel it out.
1: The Ed Dorkator Dork. We're double dork Two... <laughs> So I'm a normal.
0: <laughs> You're a normie. Double dork. Double dork. Yeah. <laughs> Double dork! double dork, <laughs> I double dork dare you? Um, <laughs> and uh, with us, as per unusual, uh, is uh, our friend uh, Jason Memel. Jason, hey everybody! Hello, thanks for joining us. Um, I'm going to do your little your little preamble here uh, to introduce you. But Jason is a dork, a writer, theater artist. He's one of the ensemble of the D20 Initiative. A live DD show made up of theater and theater adjacent artists. We'll get into that later. Uh, he's written two episodes specifically what theater adjacent counts as. I need to know is it like totally. like people that uh, work in the back or uh, what's theater adjacent? Have <laughs> you driven somebody to a show once? You, you're considered theater adjacent? Basically. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so it's the line that lets you just bring in anybody you want at any point. Hey,
2: totally. <laughs> uh
0: Jason's also written two episodes of Ghost Toast. It's an animated uh romp uh mixing food puns with monster movies uh that is being uh produced here in Calgary through uh Squid Brain Studios. You you all just won an award, didn't you?
2: Yeah, yeah. We won a, a Rosie, or I think the more more formal term is Ampia, uh, which is like an Alberta motion pictures industry association, I think, um, for I think best Congratulations. Best children's for best animated or best children's animated, I'm
0: not sure. Yeah, let's go with both. Let's say both. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> For both, you won them. You won them both. Uh, congratulations! That's really awesome. Yeah, thanks. Uh, it's cool to see animation in Alberta and Calgary uh, specifically getting some recognition. So that's uh, even if it is from Alberta, I don't know. Does that make it? Does that make it insular? I don't know. I think it's cool.
2: Yeah, it's nice that uh, um, like I think this the the show and the company I think are gonna kind of going places. So it's going to. It's like in Alberta, but it's not only Alberta, if that makes sense.
0: Absolutely. Okay. I'm going to uh, keep going here and stop getting sidetracked.
2: Uh, where were we?
0: <laughs> yes. You chuckle because you know, that's almost impossible for me. Uh, Jason also uh, runs Sage Theater here in Calgary. It's a company that makes intimate theater for emotionally adventurous. Uh, that's a good line. Is that
2: new? Uh, new-ish. Yeah. Yeah. We're trying it out.
0: New-ish. I like it. Uh He's also made comics, including one with me, Uh, Fight Comics. Go check those out. Uh, You can find most of his stuff, including his social media, at jasonmemel.com. And uh, if you Google him, he's the one who has not been to prison yet. (laughs) This is true. We'll see how that goes. (laughs) This episode could be the breaking point.
2: If there's knocking at my door.
0: (laughs) Uh, Can we say hi to Mucho real quick? (laughs) Mucho is Jason's cat. Uh, I don't have a bio for Mucho, but I love Mucho and... And there's Mucho hanging oh my gosh.
2: out. I wonder if this purring is going to make it on the, uh, onto the podcast. This is yeah. just the
1: greatest cat ever.
0: Look at that. Well, I don't know. I can't. Oh, that's good. Uh, if not, I'll do some Foley work <laughs> and Jess can add it in. Purr, purr. He's
2: also got a snaggle tooth here. I don't know if
1: anybody I was gonna say I can see a little snaggle
0: tooth. <laughs> oh that just makes you cuter, Mucho.
1: Oh, I yeah. love it.
0: He is named after burrito, right? Mucho burrito? Uh,
2: well his brother his brother was named Purrito. Oh, I see. And apparently they Amazing. fought. And uh, and that's why Mucho was given up for adoption, which is oh. weird because of the whenever he's met another cat, he's never been the one to start a fight. Oh wow. So I think Purrito oh. might have been the problem of cat.
0: Oh burrito. Oh my goodness. <laughs> uh <laughs> since we're on the subject taco or burrito Jason oh god uh burrito all right Lexi burrito but you voted taco on my Instagram I pressed
1: the wrong button and you can't go back
0: oh you can't go back you're not the only person to say that I made a mistake from people being like I hit taco I meant burrito then I got into a conversation with a uh, (laughs) another person that Jason and I know um we had a discussion um about whether or not burritos really work. Uh do you know Jared Hartnell? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you mm-hmm. know Jared well. Um yeah, we just had a little bit of a back and forth about about tacos or <laughs> not and uh or burritos. It was a stupid conversation. I feel bad for having wasted his time. And is not can we all not just agree that a soft
2: taco is really just a
0: burrito? Yeah. I mean, yeah, if you roll it up. Yeah. I mean, okay, there's some things missing because a burrito usually has beans and rice. Um, mm. And then your your meat's mixed in with it. And then, you know, you get your salsa and your sour creams on top. Um, mm. Yeah. Yeah, so they're close, though. You could make a taco into a burrito if you tried because they usually give you a side of, like, beans and rice. <laughs> so just mush it in there. Roll it up.
2: Yeah, exactly. This is the thing. It's like, I think... To me, taco and burrito is really just about the wrapping.
0: The insides are—we're are, probably saying terrible things that people hate uh, and find sacrilegious.
1: It is a bunch of Canadians <laughs> talking about it.
0: Just take our word for it. A bunch of a bunch of white people here in Calgary. We'll tell you what we're, <laughs> yeah. real with our spicy takes. Spice to us is like pepper. <laughs> I know. Just a little <laughs> bit. Oh, did you use salt? <laughs> My, my, my. So spicy. (laughs) Uh, But we are, of course, here to talk about Dungeons and Dragons tonight. Woo! Dungeons and Dragons.
1: Um, Is that going to be the new song?
0: No, I'm actually... Dungeons and Dragons
1: running down a path. Dungeon Master helping us out. I don't
0: know.
1: (laughs) Every episode we have to do it, right?
0: A new song? I think as long as you (laughs) keep doing a new song every episode, I'll be very happy. But
1: there has to be, like, a cat. It's gonna be like Mucho's gonna be like the, the
0: dancing the cat, the dancing, dancing cat. cat. It, yes.
2: Like it could almost be like a, like a uh, you know, like every verse is a new, like every episode is a new verse, and when you put them all together, it's an epic, Ooh. it's an epic quest. I love yeah.
1: this. Yes, I love it. Yeah, we're doing that. <laughs> the adventures of Mucho. Yes.
0: Fantastic. Uh, do you want to take another go at that?
1: Um, Mucho the cat running around fighting a dragon.
0: What happens next? <laughs> All of, the
1: songs are kind of sounding the same. Yeah.
0: That's what makes them good. It creates a good baseline. Um, I don't know if you listen to <laughs> The Flophouse. Exactly. You yeah, yeah.
1: can build off of it.
0: Do either of you ever listen to The Flophouse with like Elliot Kalin and uh John does two? a
1: lot. Like it's just constantly on in the background. Uh,
0: Dan McCoy, Stuart Wellington. Yeah, so like Elliot <laughs> Kalin sings about their male every episode. <laughs> and they're all these atonal songs that like go nowhere, <laughs> oh, no. don't rhyme, and are just like but it's a f- staple now. Like like if you don't get that Elliot Kalin song, uh, you are not having a proper episode of the <laughs> Flop House. and uh, that's gonna be us. We're just gonna bite everybody's style. Yeah. We have some
2: letters, letters here. Letters. As we Elliot's favorite time. My favorite time of the, night, time of the night. Letter
0: time. Let's read some letters and talk about them. Getting in touch with the
2: fans. What do they
0: think? Letters. 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 So, Let's
2: read some letters tonight!
0: So you work Tonight's up. the night for letters. <laughs> Let's get some letters and read them. Okay. Read them and weep with laughter. Letters! We have to. Talking we, about letters!
2: We have to cut that theme down. That is. Yeah. It's only now one I, tenth of now it. Now that I hear it on the, on the show, it seems much longer. There's I mean, nine it was significantly verses. longer
0: before. <laughs> We've been working on that for letters and letters and letters and letters. Forget the idea. No numbers here, just letters. You're you're our Elliot Killen, Lexi. Yeah, I'm good. (laughs) Hey, he's pretty cool. I like him. Writes comics, writes for TV shows and stuff, movies.
1: I'll take that. I mean, I'll I'll quit my job and go write TV shows. You got it.
0: I'm probably Dan McCoy. So there you go. Sounds like the next
2: uh, the next phase, season three.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We don't have a third person, so whoever's here uh, gets to be Stuart Wellington for the night. This is a lot of pressure. Let's move on. Jason, thank you for joining us. Uh, We got our theme. We did our introductions. Everybody knows who Jason is now, where to find him. So what what should we get into first? Should we talk a little bit about D&D in case there's anybody that doesn't know what that stands for? It's Dungeons and Dragons. And what is Dungeons and Dragons? Jason, you want to give us a little bit of a rundown? Cole's notes?
2: Yeah. Uh, so the, the Dungeons and Dragons, the quickest way to describe it is it's like it's halfway between telling a story with your friends and playing poker with your friends. Every few moments along the story, something will happen. And then you have to decide like what the outcome of that is going to be. And rather than just deciding my, what might be the most interesting part of the story, Uh, agreed among everybody instead you actually you leave it up to these dice uh, funny-sided multi-sided dice like a d20 here um which i'm showing to the camera um but this is a podcast
0: (laughs) (laughs) no it's okay hold it up again i'll describe it for everyone jason holds up a green multi-sided tetrahedron
1: Uh
0: or is it a tetrahedron uh no it's a i think no what's the word
1: dodecahedron i
0: think you're right no yeah. decahedron, isn't that it? Yeah, uh, it's green. It's marbled with white spots and carries numbers on every face from one through twenty.
2: <laughs> and uh, and so we use this to uh, to decide what's if something works or not. So somebody says like I want to try to climb a tree. And so you take this and hopefully this will play it here on the podcast. Oh, that was loud. Oh, and I rolled a twenty. And usually that's a good thing in D anD. D So like one to twenty, the higher you roll, usually mm-hmm. the better you do. Mm-hmm. So in this case, if I rolled to climb a tree, then I probably would have climbed a tree. Um, but if I rolled low, then I wouldn't have climbed the tree. And as I was saying there about storytelling slash poker, that's the question. That's, that, that's I think, the excitement that D&D really drives is that you can go into the game knowing I'm going to totally going to try to climb that tree, but you don't know if it's going to work. And that is interesting. That's exciting.
0: So it throws us an element of, uh, I don't know, fate, if you will. Another great system, actually. Exactly. Another good RPG tabletop. How long have you been playing, Jason?
2: Oh, God. Um, probably since I was like, I don't know, 12 or something like that. So too many years.
0: <laughs> How did you get into it? Oh, it's only like, what, four or five years? <laughs> um, Jason is
2: 17. Yeah, yeah, I'm 17. Exactly. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, so I think uh, it was like like for a lot of us in school, you know, um, and especially a lot of dorks tend to congregate together. <laughs> um, and uh, so as as you you know, as as you are a developing dork, you meet other dorks who are probably already playing DD. DD has been around a long time. And so uh, you get into you get into a, whatever game somebody else is already running, and you you join the the story that they've already been telling, and you know, you roll dice with them.
0: Do you remember the first time you played? I do.
2: <laughs> I do. So it was with a friend of mine's brother. Again, this is pretty common is usually an older sibling introduces or an older sibling or a parent or an uncle or like an older, somebody who's already been playing a long time introduces kids to it. And um, uh, so I remember playing a wizard who had one hit point and I could cast one spell a day. Um, This is a, this is an earlier edition of D and D where things were a lot harder (laughs) and, uh, and I chose wall of fog. I cast a wall of fog and then a bunch of army guys came and killed me because I had one hit point.
0: Do you, uh, do you ever wonder if maybe uh, the older brother and the other players uh, might've, might've done you dirty there, (laughs) you know, (laughs) might've skewed some of the things in the, in the mechanics there to get you off the
2: table. (laughs) Maybe, you know, maybe, but also like, honestly, that, that style of gameplay was such where it was very like, it was unforgiving. You know, like if you tried to do something, mm-hmm. neither the other players or the game was really holding your hand, you
0: know? Uh, Totally. And it's actually a very similar experience for me, like not for d d my first time, but for my first uh like tabletop RPG, I was playing a GURPS game. Oh yeah. Um, Like a mech warrior game. And it's all pretty vague, but I, I thought it was all really funny. I decided to be a character. I was going to run and punch one of the mechs and they're like, you're just a person. You don't have a mech. Like all these older people, I went to play with my neighbor from across the street, uh, and his like ongoing game. He was about 30, and I think I was 12. And I went with my brother and and some of his friends, and they were so nice, they were so welcoming. And then I uh, just was like, ha, 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 I'm gonna do funny stuff. And then like, they're like, okay, roll for it. And I died immediately. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, and you uh you hit it and you hurt your hand and then it steps on you. I was <laughs> like, okay, I lost, but I love the game. Uh that was my first experience. I didn't get back into Dungeons and Dragons until uh, much later in life actually with uh, with you, Jason.
2: I was just going to say was that the was that the game that we that we started?
0: Yeah, so I'd played a few like here and there sort of thing, but it wasn't uh nothing ongoing until until you started that game for us and and started DMing for us and
2: that was super rekindled fun.
0: Rekindled my love of the genre. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. yeah.
2: My mine too in a way. Like I think that was probably the the first game I ran consistently up to that point for like it had been years since i'd run a game so
0: yeah and we kept that game going for a few years
2: yeah
0: off and on like we weren't on a consistent schedule
2: no I, this is i mean scheduling is the 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 biggest problem in D d is like everybody's like we should game great what are you doing next week Ah, uh, next week's not good for me
0: <laughs> no and then you get older and you have kids and have lives and have jobs and it makes it even harder and harder uh, who knows, some point in, in our 60s or 70s, whenever we get to semi-retire, we can roll up some new characters.
1: Yeah, retirement homes are going to look awesome in the future.
0: <laughs> you know, I think that's actually
2: super likely. <laughs> yeah.
0: Really cool. Very <laughs> cool retirement homes. God, they're going to be so, so losery. And those poor people that have to come in and deal with us?
1: No, they're going to be so much fun. You want to roll?
0: a character for our game like no no (laughs) no papa
1: there's just gonna be like mario happening over in the corner
0: mario kart old people swearing at each other
1: like the office running on repeat it's gonna be great
0: (laughs) do you have a first experience lex have you played any tabletop or rpg paper pen and paper
1: no and it's it's something that i always wanted to play actually um I think I maybe talked about this uh, in the past, but when I worked at an art gallery, my manager, the amazing Candace Larson, she was a huge uh, D&D person in Magic the Gathering. And she would tell me about it and I would just be like, oh, it's amazing. And she'd be like, yeah, but nobody wants to play anymore. And I was like, I do. But no one ever invited me in. And I was a secret dork in high school because, you know, it wasn't cool to be a girl who liked games and stuff. So uh, and yeah, I never played. Until until now.
0: Well, soon, yes. Uh, Jason's coming, uh, joining us tonight to talk about D and D and Dorkout, and uh, maybe we'll we'll get a chance to roll a character here. But uh, we're bringing Jason back uh, whenever our scheduling works out, so that we can actually run <laughs> a one shot <laughs> episode. Uh, we'll put we'll get just to put bells and whistles and sound effects and stuff on there.
1: Jason should have his own. We're bringing Jason back.
0: Yeah. <laughs> wow, you are very musical tonight, like i'm i'm in a good mood i don't know
2: (laughs) this is like the i think you're gonna be playing a bard great idea
1: (laughs) no i talked about my dislike of bards before
0: yeah lexi Mm. hates bards uh they're probably my favorite character but uh, class
1: not all most bards oh bards are the
0: best (sighs) uh and in 5e they're almost op uh they're super strong in in 5e um so you never played any paper RPGs at all. I didn't play Dungeons and Dragons. I played some paper RPGs, but not Dungeons and Dragons um, because it was evil and would possess me of the devil. Uh, literally, my parents were worried about devil possession. So Satanic Panic is an interesting thing to have coincide with the rise of Dungeons and Dragons in the eighty. I mean, it literally
2: leads to it. And, well, I mean, according to... According to many, like, but it's, uh, I remember my mom at one point was like, uh, just had like a vague tinge. She was like, Hey, the D and D things you're doing, is is there anything weird there? And I'm like, no, we were arguing about like how far an arrow can fly. And if you die, if you fall 40 feet versus 30 feet, like we're definitely not getting into anything illicit.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Nobody's cutting their hands open and doing a blood pack to (laughs) Lucifer. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Nobody's spreading a pentagram for rolling dice into. I don't
2: know if all companies did this, but one company, um, uh, Palladium, that published a game called Rifts, put disclaimers at the front of their books saying like, you know, this book talks about magic and and demons and stuff, but it's entirely fictional. Like, I wonder if they, did somebody pressure them to do that? Or did they just kind of feel like maybe they were like intercepting the problem by by just, you know, both uh, disclaiming it at the top?
0: Could be wild the media thing uh it just reminds me of like i ended up reading this comic book series called archangels because it was finger quotes christian and it was like just these scary ass demons fighting angels and people (laughs) drunk driving and dying and like it was it was wild and i'm like this this is okay though this is fine for me oh okay (laughs) and it was like the same with magic the gathering that was evil and would possess me of spirits from beyond um but i played this game this other version of it called Revelations uh, that was like a Christian version of it (laughs) where one person is like the Christian good people and the other player has to be like the evil players. And there's like the Mark of the beast and like the pit and Satan and stuff like that. And you always lost if you were the bad ones. I think they stacked the deck, but it was just like, this is weird. Like, why is this okay? These are the same creatures and stuff, um, but less fun and a little more sinister.
2: I, I do love the fact that, that, like, if you're playing the bad guys, you are always going to lose in the Christian version of the game. Like, it's, it's preset. Like,
0: Yeah. I, I don't know if that's actually true. It just sounded
2: funny. It's also something you guys might appreciate is that somebody out there did a webcomic of the Book of Revelations illustrated in Pokemon form. <laughs> that's awesome.
0: That sounds amazing. <laughs> that's great. You capture yourself in, like, an Agamoth, the, the dark exactly ruler of the seventh layer of hell yeah
2: so what would the
1: like the trainers be like all the gym masters
0: uh, they'd have to be hell lords of you each think, level
1: right well
0: that's one of the greatest things about dnd is that there's the realm of actual hell Infernus is one of them i believe and uh, there's more that's it's great you can travel to hell there's rules there that are different like it's not like pitchforks in the bum as we talk about sometimes on this show
2: <laughs> you know um uh, well, so a couple of things. One thing that's interesting is like a lot of current D and D is really trying to to shy away from that. Not not because they're worried about satanic panic, but because they're trying to avoid like uh, stepping on anything. Like you know, they're trying to avoid being problematic.
0: Um, censorship? Not not quite censorship, or just blacklisting?
2: Um, yeah, like well, I mean, I, I think more like uh, they, they want to avoid the the sort of cultural blowback by. Um, say, making a claim about a spiritual tradition that they're not part of.
0: You no, know? oh, that's fair. I mean, yeah, that seems like a reasonable thing to do to consider and uh, and and try to, you know, not, we've talked about this with our cryptid episodes as well, but just grabbing things from other cultures and gamifying them or tokenizing them or turning them into, you know, things for
2: uh-huh.
0: our, you know, our country, our, our place, North America to bandy about as as, you know, little uh, toys or whatever
2: well and and that's sort of the like the flip side of the the great thing about d and d is that it's like so it's got this long tradition of, of of rules and settings and things like that, but then at the same time, if you want to run a game that is like let's go hunt cryptids as our as the game like there's nothing stopping you that that's i think always what I love about d and d is that mm. that sense of freedom like what what you said earlier ben about uh being able to walk up to the, to the to the other mech and just punch it with your hand and and it didn't work but it's like unlike a game like chess where but you nobody
0: own... stopped me from trying
2: exactly yeah you didn't have to wait for a programmer to design yeah.
0: whereas if i try to make the horsey go in a star they're going to tell me no exactly yeah the horsey goes in a an Nell, and that's it Do you play any of the other sort of tabletop games,
2: Jason? You know, uh, I do. I've I've dabbled a lot with GURPS. I really like it, but I haven't played enough of it. So when you mentioned that, that was great. Um, Lexia, if you don't already know, that stands for the, I think, General Universal Role Playing System.
1: Okay.
0: Yeah, I was going to say that. I knew that. (laughs) I was going to also say that, but Jason (laughs) beat me to it. I knew that. (laughs) Yeah, Totally.
2: Well, no. I like. Of course, you did. I'm just making sure that the like listeners at home and and maybe Lexi absolutely yeah. did not.
0: No, know. Lexi knows. You both know. No, I didn't know. I just thought it was like G G burps, burps with a G, yeah, burps with a G. <laughs> yeah, like you know, sci-fi burps. Sci-fi burps. Um, what sound does a robot make when they drink too much soda? Gurp.
1: <laughs> oh, oh, boo.
2: It's not even no, a joke. I, know, I don't it's, know what the fuck that was. That's the daddest of dad jokes.
1: Oh, just wait until he starts talking about his wife. <laughs>
2: yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, <my laughs> You set
0: me up for that. Don't, don't know, look ashamed and upset. <laughs> you you wanted that to happen or you wouldn't have done <laughs> that. I did. <laughs> the reason I wanted to bring up other tabletop uh games is just because you mentioned the storytelling. And I think some of the debates that I find like in in online forums and stuff like that is just about. How good or how intentional storytelling in D&D is versus other systems that are more story driven. Um, what are some other ones like lasers and some of the other ones that like, um, or Monster of the Week? Um, yeah. Like uh, there's a very popular uh, actual play show, Adventure Zone, uh, with the folks that do uh, Mabim Bam, my brother, my brother, and me. That they do and they've they've experimented with a few different systems dnd and then they went to uh monster of the week for a bit and that seemed uh just suit sort of that what you were mentioning like go hunt cryptid sort of thing but uh i don't know like i've always seen dnd as a storytelling that just happens to have you know a fight mechanic so that you can keep things interesting and add a add a random element of fate to things so that it's not preordained or just storytelling i like Having the curveball of of you don't get to just decide how things go.
2: I think that's kind of exactly it. And I think like you can play you can play D anD D and not have a very exciting story experience by by making it just about the rules, just about like what you can do and, and that kind of thing, um, uh, and and only about what's on your sheet, if that makes sense. Like I can only do these five attacks. That, you know, be very mechanical about it. Um, uh, but I think like you can be mechanical even in the games that are very story focused, because in some cases, those games are enforcing a particular kind of story mechanic. Um, like this is like, Oh, this scene has to go this way now because that's how this sort of story mechanic is set up. What, one of the things that I think like, and this is what also like why I think D and D has stuck around so long and why it's still so popular now is that I think Ben, you, you really pointed it out. Well, is that, that if that randomness crossed with an interesting mechanic, um, that, mm-hmm. that keeps it, that keeps it, um, always like always, uh, unique and always like emergent. I think like for me, any live play game that I've listened to any, uh, any of the games, the live games that I've, or the real games that I've played, the most exciting moment was the thing that nobody else, nobody expected before they sat down. And when everybody's looking like, oh my God, what is that die going to roll high or low? Like everything's riding on this, this moment, like. D&D gives that in a way that not a lot of other games can, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that's what keeps it popular. I feel like uh, the games that I run, I try to make sure, have as many story opportunities as possible that the players can can attach themselves to and help build and progress. Mm -hmm. But then at the same time, there are also things that are in the game that are meant to challenge both the player and the character because that's also part of the story. Will they do it or not?
0: Yeah. And then there's also things that, uh, are unintentionally part of the story. Um, <laughs> like say a flock of Ravens, uh, that happen to be going past, <laughs> um, that your entire group of newbie D and D players get fixated on <laughs> and ask you a million questions about And you have to make a decision as a GM at that point, whether you're going to roll with those Ravens or try to get, uh, get the party back on, back on task. Back on track. <laughs>
2: Well, or uh, uh, as one of the other players decided to get really uh, fixated on on having getting back a coin from, I think, a kid he'd lost a bet to.
0: Oh, was that
2: what did Neil do that? I can't remember. I can't remember something about that. Like he got really focused on this one side character that they were just meeting something with a horse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not to mention. So, Lexi, when the when we this was our first session, they get to the to the keep. This is a I had them in the keep of the Borderlands, which is a pretty famous Uh, early D&D adventure and um, they get to the keep and then they're, they're asking for rumors at the tavern. And um, this nervous rookie says, Oh, I I hear there's some, there's a man eater in the caves. Like there's this monster that eats men. And they, the the players are all like, Oh, come on. What are you saying? Like, how how could, what could eat a man? And I just had to stop the game and be like, guys in this world, your characters know the dragons exist. (laughs) you don't need to be surprised that something eats people (laughs)
0: like
1: that sounds preposterous
0: (laughs) have you seen how big people are (laughs) i don't think that could happen you know we're just playing our characters really role-playing um i think i deserved inspiration
2: and then uh i remember like five sessions later they get to this cave where where a minotaur was living and there was all these bones on the floor and i was like as though he'd been eating men. <laughs> <laughs> <That's good.
0: laughs> I took that Minotaur's head for a hat. I just want to point that out.
2: Oh, <laughs> that's correct. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I had a bear hat. I traded it in for a Minotaur hat.
2: Oh, that's very scary.
0: Yeah, those are the great <laughs> kinds of things you can do in D anD. d What do you think makes a good session, Jay?
2: I, I think i kind of touched on that a little bit there but i think it's that like it's for me i think like i i'm less interested when i see or play a D game that feels like it's really scripted like you know we're mm-hmm. going to do this moment and then this moment and then this moment um uh and then like it's kind of more like um like we're watching pre <laughs> like we're watching half prepared improv is kind of what that can feel like yeah which it like doesn't feel it doesn't have that that gambling, that that poker feeling uh to it, where like what's gonna happen.
0: The stakes don't always feel like they're actually real, hey?
2: Yeah, yeah. And like it's been interesting actually. I've been listening to uh a few live play games. Uh, there's one called Fun City, which is a shadow run game, actually, but same basic premise of it's like cyberpunk instead of fantasy. Um, but they're really good at writing that line where they have all of these interesting stories but they let the moment play. So if the character doesn't, doesn't, doesn't uh, um, succeed at that goal, then that's the direction the story goes. And mm-hmm. it doesn't matter how important it was.
0: They don't try to get them back onto the plot points by correcting with some other sort of narrative or something. Okay.
2: Yeah. So, yeah,
0: uh, that's a good a segue into something else I wanted to jump into then, uh, which is D&D pods. I feel like we should, we should throw a few out there for people to listen to and, and, and discuss uh, do you have a few favorites, Sergey?
2: Yeah, well, uh, I'll, I'll just even, I'll give them another shout out there of, uh, fun city ventures is, uh, so it's a shadowrun podcast, but what makes this one really interesting is that the, uh, they have what I would call an adversary DM. So you've got two dungeon masters. You've got one person basically telling the story and then another person who basically plays every antagonist. So every like trooper, every like, you know, villain that they have to negotiate with, he's playing that role. And so it, it creates a really interesting dynamic where, where the, the, per, the person telling the story can just be like arbitrating the rules and helping facilitate everything. And then that, that more antagonistic, um, uh, uh, those antagonistic characters have a different person that gets to show that. So I think they, they do a really good job. They're also like funny. They're actually pretty uh, self-aware in terms of like the, the things they bring into the game um, and the, the politics of those things and so like i'm yeah it's it's one of the one of the shows i listen to most right now um i also listen to, to adventure zone a lot and um critical role those are the big ones i guess
0: yeah i mean and critical role is probably one that gets the uh the criticism of it being uh well adventure zone too because they're big media sort of conglomerates at this point i don't know if that's the right term they're big media properties at this point big big houses and so they get a fair bit of criticism of like sort of railroady or or pre pre predetermined stories like stakes don't matter uh popular character spoilers just just passed in their most recent campaign but then lo and behold they found a way to bring that character back because that character was very popular is the argument on on you know the subs That people are complaining about so you wonder at some point
2: i like one thing i will say is i've been listening to the first season of critical role and there have been a lot of moments where like where you can tell that the players don't know what's going to happen and that the dm is is adapting on the fly
0: yeah matt mercer seems to be amazing at that yeah
2: yeah so i i uh i haven't seen the scene slash watched the other uh or heard rather um the new the new seasons but um But, uh, yeah, the first season I think still lives in that space. It lives in the space of the characters feel challenged, but, um, uh, but there's also a story that we're engaged by.
0: It's interesting because adventure zone did the same thing in, in my sort of feeling as well is it has that first season where the way they're doing it is just so fly by the seat of your pants and, um, you know, like make it up as we go, whatever's funny is what we're going to roll with. And then. It loses a little bit of that in, in like I'm not trying to criticize it and say it's not fun anymore because I still listen to it, but it just loses a bit of that spontaneity and that humor uh, as they get into a more like, hey, we're an actual play podcast, not just you know some idiots who don't know how to play D and D properly. And so you know you lose a little bit of something, but you gain something in the storytelling, I guess, aspect, and and that's interesting as well.
2: You know what I wonder, like if when they when they kind of go, when they become a little more structured and a little more like. Uh, safe as a, in terms of their storytelling. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that it's like because because the thing is like so the first game I mean, you mentioned the, the D twenty initiative the first game we ran for that we did a, a live in a pub, and um, I put a a baby dragon up against the characters and, and for those characters at that level it was going to be a a tough fight but one of the characters had I think control mind or like I, I can't remember the name of the spell right off the top of my head but anyway turns out it works on the on the baby dragon the baby dragon failed its role and she told it to go away. So the, the whole boss fight, she just completely made, like, made disappear. And
0: you just rip up your notes and, and and try to adapt.
2: Well, and this is the thing, is that, like, later on they were saying, like, oh, you know, Jason, that um, you should have found a way to keep the keep the baby dragon. I'm like, no, I think the audience enjoys when something like that happens. You know? Uh,
0: Yeah, definitely. And that's one of the things I like about one of my current favorite shows. It's Spout Lore. It's actually uh, by this cool group out in Victoria, BC. And uh, they're running a very sort of loose version of, of their game. And like, they take the lore of their world very seriously. They do make decisions that are very like, we're role playing, we're interested in this. They also don't let that stop them from being funny or having the humor wreck the stakes of the world either. So, uh, but they don't like if they make a decision to do something silly or stupid as a joke, the DM always makes them play with that and take that through and be like, yeah, you did that. And now we're going with that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> What's your, what, what do you want to try now?
0: You did the silly <laughs> thing and, and now we're going to, we're going to make that a big part of the story. That, <laughs> that's why wapples exist. Which are purple <laughs> apples, they're integral. So important. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, Spelllore is amazing. I shout that one out. Uh, Adventure Zone, as we said, um, Critical Role is uh, is obviously the one most people know of. It's very popular Amazon series now. Mm-hmm. Um, another of my personal favorites. I don't know if you've listened to it. Uh, is Friends at the Table, um, mm. which is these are like we're we're talking like two, three, four hour episodes of just like mm. people doing storytelling. They bounce back and forth through different systems and different universes they do some that are like you know fantasy some that are futuristic and it's just like hours and hours of awesome storytelling uh just a blast i recommend it highly can like
2: can we also just take a moment to like because i think now the idea of the like D podcasts D live shows and and like even recorded shows like twitch it's so normal I, I i say normalized i think like the community finds it to be a normal thing now particularly after the, after the pandemic
0: mm-hmm. but
2: like like, let's all cast our minds back to when we were young in in high school or junior high or whatever. And could you imagine that there would have been like a TV show or a radio show playing D&D, you know?
0: No, the idea of podcasts is absolutely uh, unimaginable to high school <laughs> <Yeah>. Ben. <band. laughs> So is having friends to talk to. Yeah, I was going
1: to say that one is just like, friend? <laughs> somebody,
0: somebody, yes. will, somebody will talk to me? Yeah. <laughs> friends was a foreign concept as much as podcasts. And, and D&D was still just a shadowy thing. I wasn't allowed to play unless I wanted to have Beelzebub inside of me. <laughs> Not in a sexual way. Maybe? Oh,
1: uh, It sounds a little sexual. <laughs> <laughs>
0: A little sexual okay we need to take our, our sort of halfway break here uh we're about 30 something whatever in but uh we're gonna we're gonna do our favorite part of the show now jason it's uh it's called who's that pokemon, who's
1: that pokemon?
0: <laughs> whose turn is it Lex? uh is it i my think turn? it's your turn i think you got to come up with something yeah Oof. oh okay oh she's doing the look around the room we're getting like doorknob
1: <laughs> no
0: <laughs> it's the dice, the dodecahedron it's um, the dice uh, the way this works is uh we take turns and it can either be a uh, an actual Pokemon or literally anything else um and we describe a silhouette, and the other other host slash guest hosts have to uh try to guess uh who that Pokemon is. The only rule we have is that nowadays uh you have to let people know if it's a real Pokemon or uh an ironing board from behind Lexi's head. <laughs> That's an ironing fair. board, a mon.
1: It's okay. It is not
0: a Pokemon. I am not surprised.
1: Yes, the silhouette is rectangular in nature, mm-hmm. and it casts a ready glow.
0: That's all you're getting. The all-seeing eye.
1: It's close. Uh,
0: a D4. <laughs> it's a pyramid.
2: <laughs> um, um, is it? A, can I guess?
1: Yes, please. Oh, yeah, do.
2: absolutely. Please. Is it a phone? No. Okay.
1: But it is in line with objects you might find in your home. There are. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Just Jason and I are both looking around our.
1: creatures on i'll give you a little bit more now we're we're diving in a little bit on the rectangular reddish reddish glowing object um it seems as though is it a tv it is not but some would say it was the original tv a
0: fireplace
1: oh my god ben no
0: people sat around fireplaces and told stories
1: I mean, I do see why you would think that, especially in line tonight, but in that same vein.
0: Hmm. Is... Okay. We don't get to do 20 questions. A radio?
1: Close. You're getting warmer. Hot and cold. Hot and cold. Wait.
0: I need more silhouette. Is there more to the silhouette?
1: No. Really, there isn't. It's just a
0: rectangle?
2: It's rectangular and it glows.
1: With creatures on it.
0: And it's not a TV.
1: It is not Mm, a TV.
0: With creatures on it. Uh... A photo of the devil.
2: (laughs) A photo
1: of the devil.
2: A cursed photo.
1: Some might say, I don't know.
2: Is it like one of those those shadow play things? Like it's got a light behind it but then a shadow on it? Or a silhouette on it?
1: No, but I love that idea. No, No, it's not that.
2: It's the glow that's throwing me off.
0: Something silly. Yeah, what glows? Once,
1: once you see, you'll be like, ah, yeah. It's like I give up, but
0: Jason, you're welcome to keep guessing.
2: No, I'm. I think I'm done too.
0: Okay, all right.
1: It is, in fact, the D and D Player's Handbook.
2: <laughs> what? It <That> doesn't glow. <laughs> Twenty-nine. <Twinsies. I'm not. laughs> hey, ben bought this
0: for me. <laughs> yeah. see? see, it
1: glows. Oh. <gasps> uh,
0: okay, mean I guess. All right. I
1: mean, demons demons. Huh?
0: <laughs> it's the player's handbook.
2: <laughs> if you if <laughs> if it's a Pokemon, does it does it go like like you know like D you twenty me?
1: Yeah, that's what it says. <laughs> Dungeons and dragons, you
2: know, <laughs> and then it like stops. Huh.
0: For those at home, Jason has turned the player's handbook sideways and opened. One of its covers like a mouth. (laughs) It's flapping. Oh, now Lexi's doing it too. This is
2: is a great (laughs) podcast, you guys. Now, hey, uh, I I can bring this back around. Famed visual medium podcast. I can bring this back around. Uh, In Dungeons & Dragons, there is a monster called a Mimic. Yes. Which can mimic just about anything. Uh, Often it's like a treasure chest, but it could be a book. So like this.
1: There you go. It's a Mimic. (gasps) It's Mimic.
2: It could be a Pokemon.
0: I'm I'm starting welcome back. We're back to the show. <laughs> it's the player's handbook. Okay. Uh, I wasn't sure if we did that. I'm actually starting a DD uh <laughs> themed tattoo in December. Uh Ooh. with uh one of my favorite tattoo artists. Uh shout out to Hemlock Tattoo Studio here in Calgary. I have at least five tattoos from that <laughs> studio now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm starting a D&D themed. I'm starting with an owlbear, but uh Gelatinous cube and mimic are going to be a part of that that oh. leg piece that I'm working on. Exciting! My favorite monsters. Can I uh,
2: can I give a bit of? Are we back? Yes. Yeah, we're back. Uh, I mean, we
0: never really left. <laughs> if we're being honest, <laughs> we're always here together. this has all been recorded. Um,
2: <laughs> is, uh, can I give you a bit of DD and uh, um, trivia? When you mentioned the owl bear, absolutely. So uh, there's like there's the owl bear. There's another uh, monster called a bullet. Uh, there's a few others. That were part of the original DMD monsters, and they were patterned after uh, these like little plastic figures that Gary Gygax bought uh, at, a, at a toy store or something back in the seventies. Uh, they were supposed to be dinosaurs, but they were like cheap knockoff plastic plastic toys that don't really look like dinosaurs. And so they kept, they decided to make them into monsters that were what they what the what the not dinosaur looked like. So the owl bear was this like I don't know what kind of dinosaur it was supposed to be, but it's this thing that was kind of standing on its hind legs like a bear, sort of shaped like stocky like that, but then had a beak for a mouth. And so they they called it an owl bear. I wonder what the hell it was supposed to be. Yeah, uh, you can find pictures online of like the original toys.
0: This is interesting because this is how we got cryptids as well. Yeah, uh, we've talked about this, but medieval people couldn't draw cats. <laughs> <laughs> And so we ended up with a bunch of shit, uh, drawings that nobody could interpret properly. And now we have cryptids all over the world. <laughs> Thanks to medieval poor artists.
2: Cryptids generated
0: through, uh, the
2: worst game of telephone ever. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. Visual telephone, uh, actually that's that sounds fun we should do that Ooh, yeah, be we should see what we get at the end <laughs> make a good twitch stream um so for this half the back half here of this uh of this episode i wanted to just roll a character this is a little weird never tried to do anything like this on the show before we'll see how it turns out but uh do you think you could you could walk us through that? We could roll a character together, Jason. Totally,
2: yeah. There's a there's a couple of ways we can do this. Um, my preference, and this kind of goes back to what I was saying about that—the joy of not knowing what's going to happen—is because um, some some uh, um, some storytellers and some uh, some other versions of like uh, different people running it will have you come up with your character first, and then roll up your yeah. stats and kind of maneuver things so that they can be the way you want them to be. I think, especially this, because we're rolling this up here on the show, is I think it'll be really interesting if we roll dice, see what we get, and then see what that seems like, what, what, what we feel like that sort of lends itself
0: to. I like this idea. And like, I'm definitely one of those people that wants to write a backstory and make a character, but oh, yeah. the longer I've been playing, the more I want to have my character defined by the randomness itself and the roles and stuff, and then make up the story to go with that. That seems more interesting to me. Awesome. Do you think we can get through one character or two here? Oh, I think we can
2: get through two for sure. I'm, I'm even going to roll one alongside you and uh, okay, just cool. uh, kind of walk you through it.
0: Fantastic. Um, because I think whatever we randomly come up with here, uh, Lexi and I are going to to play whenever yeah. we do our next session here, we will play these characters and we'll see how that goes.
2: Mm-hmm. That would be great. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, so uh, do you guys each have, and if you don't, I've got some here we can use, but do you have four six-sided dice?
0: I don't know. No. <laughs> we'll let you do our, uh, our, our stat rolls.
2: <laughs> okay. Um, so i what we're, we're going to do here then for the, for the listeners is I'm going to roll these four six-sided dice. So these are four dice that each have six sides. I'm going to total them up. You're going to be uh, hilariously laughing at how bad my math is. Um, And uh, I won't be because I won't be able to add it up either. (laughs) You won't even see the dice. That's the
0: thing. You could give me the numbers and I still couldn't do it.
2: I'm going to give Lexi's numbers first, and then I'm going to give Ben's numbers. Uh, And then I'll do, and then I'll do mine. Um, And then, uh, and so what I'm doing is I'm rolling four dice. I'm going to drop the lowest. So this way, what we're generating are the attributes of the characters, strength, wisdom, dexterity, that kind of thing. Uh, These are the things that help define what kind of, like what their, you know, what their makeup is, like the, the sort of the, the, their ability to do things in the world. And um, we could roll just three six-sided dice and you take the number that you get, Mm -hmm. But what this can mean is that you get a character that's got three of uh of hit points or three of intelligence or something like that, so it actually kind of it can be a quite damaging version of a character <laughs> um, and so four six-sided dice dropping the lowest one is great, usually a safe way to make sure you're getting a random character but not a uh like an unplayable character.
0: Gotcha. I'm okay with unplayable <laughs> I will play that unplayable character. <laughs> <laughs>
2: So okay, Lexi, I'm gonna start rolling your dice. I'm gonna so I'm gonna do this six times, okay. and you're gonna write down the numbers, and then you're gonna choose of the six uh, statistics where you want to put those. Like so, if if I roll like a sixteen, a seven, you know, a fourteen, etc., you decide which one's strength, which one's dexterity. Gotcha. Okay. Here we go. We're rolling into the mic. <laughs> you guys can hear that. It's <laughs> a great sound. I love the sound of dice shaking. <laughs> yeah.
1: That's such a good sound.
2: Okay, so the first one is... Oh, great, 12 and uh, 16.
1: Okay, perfect.
2: That's the first one. The next one is... uh, 11... 11, 14. Okay. Next one is... Uh, 15. Oh, these are pretty well. That's great.
0: I realized the second half of this episode, we just became an actual play podcast. We're, we're a half actual play of this episode. <laughs> uh,
2: 10 is the next one. Awesome. And what are we, are we at? We have four now or five? Two, three, one, one, two,
1: three, four. Five?
2: Is that the fifth one that I've given you? Ten? Yeah. Okay. One more then. Uh, okay. This one's going to be the special one. Uh, this one is six. Six total. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and another thing is that a, a baseline stat is usually, I think, around ten. So six is. Okay. six will be low. And the stuff that's above 10 is, is better.
0: I like getting negative attributes. Now that's another thing that's changed. The more I've played, um, they really influence your character, right? Like it's more interesting. They really give you that sort of like, Hey, this person can't do X. And then you start going down that, like little bit of a rabbit hole. Like, why can't they do that? And you build out your character because of that. Uh, I just find them interesting and fun mm-hmm. now to get those kinds well, of like totally. really
2: wildly bad stat <laughs> roles. <laughs> So, Lexi, you, you think about, oh, uh, do you know the the six stats?
1: No, I don't. What are they?
2: Okay. Uh, they are strength, um, intelligence, dexterity, constitution, that's health, um, intelligence, wait, no, I think I said that already, uh, yeah. wisdom.
0: Yeah, strength, intelligence, dex, con, wiz. And
2: uh, charisma is the last one. Okay. So charisma is great. So uh, you think about that, their, your placement there. Okay. And I'm going to go over to Ben. Um and then I'll roll up mine and Ben can think about his placement and then I'll I'll put mine together.
0: Well, uh Jason's rolling. I will let our listeners know that Jason got a uh, uh a moniker from uh, our different groups oh, of no. uh, D&D playing that uh I think uh really lovingly describes him, which is Dungeon Daddy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, we should get that on a t-shirt for you.
2: <laughs> oh no.
0: Yeah. <laughs> When we do our next round of uh, of, of guest give-outs, o- give we'll get Dungeon Daddy t-shirts for
2: everyone. I used to try to reject the term, and now I think I just need to wear it. <laughs> yeah, you embrace it, and literally wear it in a t-shirt. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Ben, you ready? All right, let's do it. Yeah. Okay, uh, that is 16. I'm so excited. Oh, good. Starting strong. Yeah. Oh, but here we go. Five, six. Whoa.
0: Maybe that'll be my
2: lowest. Uh, let's see here. Thirteen. Okay. Uh, let's see here. Twelve. Got it.
0: Uh, 11. So I'm really good at something, really bad at something, and pretty average at everything else. It's just like real life. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and then I think this is the last one.
0: Uh, That'll be sixth. Your sixth roll. Uh,
2: th- this one here is the sixth. Is, uh, the one you just did, yeah. Okay. Uh that one's 15. Okay. Not bad.
0: Yeah. Not bad. I can work with that. So the interesting thing to do here is instead of you know we could just assign these out and then that's going to dictate sort of which classes I think you want to look at uh, unless you want to be mm-hmm. really terrible at something which is fun too I'm okay with that being bad at things can be fun
2: All right I'm gonna do do it, mine here quick Okay Okay so that is uh, thirteen All right I'm down for you Oh thanks uh 16 13 uh okay i'm not faking this uh, that's 16 <laughs> <laughs> um 12
0: i've noticed in actual play podcasts that when they say i'm not faking this it's like 50/50 <laughs> uh 15 nice
2: that's a it's a great block okay I would I actually kind of want the, the there to be a low one um, yes. 15 okay wow that's a pretty solid across the board
0: so you had fit, 13 16 13 16 12 15 15 so you drop one of those
2: oh no uh, oh yeah maybe I did that too often um maybe I'll do yeah 13 16 13 12 15 15 because I don't think I should have so many overpowered
0: sixteens. That's fine. <laughs> I
2: mean, you're still above zero for all of
0: these. So that's pretty, <laughs> pretty dope.
2: So, um, what was I going to say? So, yeah, so these are, these are those numbers. And then now, like I say, the, 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 the chances to kind of see what character this feels like.
0: Yeah. Lexi, have you sort of thought about where you're going to put yours?
1: Yes, I think so. I wrote notes on my phone.
0: Okay. Let's hear it. I want you to, I want you to know I want you to tell us where you've assigned these stats.
1: Okay, cuz like I have questions though because in my head the okay. character no, no, no,
0: questions. No.
1: Oh. But I, like Just
0: joking.
1: I was like damn it. Um
0: <laughs> No, no, you can ask questions. <laughs> so Jason's in charge, not me.
1: Am I allowed to have like an idea of a race yet or are we are, are we rolling that? Oh yeah. Okay.
2: No, no. Uh, I mean we we could roll that, but no, we, you can totally choose a race. Okay.
1: 'Cause in my head I have this very like socially inept elf that I would like to play that's like okay doesn't get social skills, kinda like someone else we know. Me. <laughs> um so <laughs> um high on the intelligence. So that's where my highest is, the sixteen. Because I want the mm-hmm, the elf mm-hmm. to be very smart, but then the charisma six, not good with the people. That's what I was thinking. You know. Mm, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um, the strength fourteen, dexterity eleven, health fifteen, wisdom ten.
2: Yeah, I think that's that's it. Uh, so the, I, yeah, as an elf, that totally makes sense. There's, um, we can also um, one quick thing. Well, you know, actually, before I before I get into it, maybe let's listen to Ben's, and then I'll get into to what what happens with races in D anD. D
0: Okay. I decided to just go uh, straight down the line here. So 16 is strength, 6 is intelligence, 13 (laughs) is dex, 12 is con, 11 is wisdom, and 15 is charisma. I decided I'd just go one for one down this line and not not shuffle them.
2: Excellent. Ben, that's brilliant. That's a great way to go, too, because it's super, like... What am I, I'm just going to play what comes, you know? Well,
0: I mean, I think we've got an idea sort of forming already, uh, which is one of my favorite types of characters to play anyhow, which is a big dumb guy. (laughs) But he's got charisma. Yeah, He's got charisma and he's got... He's a likable. And he's not lacking wisdom. He's got street smarts. Exactly. (laughs) Street smarts. (laughs) Yeah, race-wise... I want to go orc or half orc or whatever, whatever is allowable. I'm not, uh, I've got every book that's been published for five ei I haven't finished reading them all and figuring out what all the playable races are at this point.
2: You know, I think like, well, and and I think staying inside, you know, elf orc, uh, that, that is pretty, um, understandable by most people listening now, I think. Um, so it's a good, a good bet. Um, so like, or the, the, the five E book that you've got there, Lexi, suggests what uh the races should have for them Mm -hmm. uh for to to, in terms of your stats but one of the things that they've started to introduce now in DD is to try to shift away from essentially racial determinism um, okay which has been really interesting so what they do there is they say you can add like you can go plus two like what like two you can add like plus one in in a in any stat or uh plus two in one stat if that makes sense you could like raise your constitution in your decks or raise your decks by two Mm -hmm. and then take and then also take another one to to reduce um where the so the idea being is that you're not you're you're designing your character the way you kind of feel fits the fits the example um and it's not propagating an idea say that orcs are dumb you know Mm, gotcha Um, yeah and one other thing too is that they've tried to move away from half orc half elf because that presumes oh, really? it presumes human as the as the other half. Oh, gotcha. I see. More, it's usually like um, with mixed ancestry is kind of what they're what they're where they're where they're going. Um, in terms of what we're doing here, I think we don't need to make it too complicated. Maybe we just acknowledge that that's how the game is being played now. Um, uh, but we can kind of go for the like you're still nothing's stopping you from using the default uh, numbers that would be in your five edition book. Um, okay uh so if if you're wanting to go for an elf where is the okay yeah so your dexterity goes up by two lexi yeah okay um some of this stuff will will come up later in the game but um also you have um dark vision which means you can see in the dark better than uh, than other races Ooh. um and your and elves have a uh a connection to the to the sort of the the primal magics of the fantasy world so they have what they call fey ancestry um you know kind mm-hmm. of think like the the court of oberon and you know titania the like uh, william shakespeare characters and such um uh also elves don't need to sleep that's kind of a benefit
1: oh i like that
2: yeah
0: i feel like that never gets uh ever gets talked about enough
2: I know, like everyone else, like oh yeah, we're just gonna go, you know, we'll we'll just camp for the night. And meanwhile, the elf's like, well, I'm bored as hell.
1: Yeah, like I'm uh, gonna go for a walk. <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm. Uh, I've pulled up D and D Beyond to try to help me, uh, which is now owned by Wizards, which is cool. Um,
2: just some some quick things, uh, Ben. Your strength will go up by two, and your constitution goes up by one.
0: Uh, okay, strength by two, con by one. So that's on top of whatever our our scores are, right? So yeah, exactly, uh, eighteen strength and thirteen con.
2: Um, a couple of other things, kind of connected to the same thing, like Lexi had these benefits, is that um, instead of um, you have this endurance t- to you, where when you drop to one to zero hit points, instead of being killed outright, what will happen is that you'll actually go only to one hit point. So it's like you get one more. Cool. One more shot at whatever it is that's happening, or to retreat or what have you. And um, you can add extra dice when you roll a critical hit with your with your weapon.
0: How do I determine like which dice I
2: roll? Is it just double? You know, for that we'll we'll uh, we'll play it when it comes up. In terms of the, uh... we'll figure it out later. It Doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, who cares? That's boring. We're
0: not actually an actual play podcast. We've only got you for so long. Uh, I've decided that my character's name is Chark. It's like shark with a C. (laughs) Mucho likes it. (laughs) Thank you, Mucho. I've got the Mucho purr of approval. Oh,
1: Mucho likes it. Uh, He
0: thinks your choice is perfect. (laughs)
1: You know
0: what? That's only your second one tonight. This is actually low for Jason.
1: Yeah, you're on a roll.
0: (laughs) Uh, Hey, that's one for Lex. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> hey. one to two and um, i don't make puns dads don't make puns uh
2: what was i gonna mention here uh maybe maybe this character that i rolled up um uh so i was thinking uh well i was gonna say maybe i'll call that character mucho <laughs> <gasps> yes oh that's Mucho. Perfect.
1: yes mucho's like what i can see that mucho's looking around why do
0: people <laughs> keep saying my name what are they called in D? the cat people it's not tabraxy oh, that's yeah. uh that's dragon age or something <laughs>
2: Are they Tabraxy? No, I'm thinking of the Elder Scrolls ones, the uh, Khaji- Khajiit. Yes, yeah, who
0: am I? <laughs> Khajiit. So Tabraxi might actually be D&D? Hold I'm so bad at this.
1: Oh, you can be an actual cat person.
0: Would we do, we're not going to get milestones or XP, but uh, would we do milestones or XP? Uh, Do you
2: mean like... um, What's your favorite way of doing that experience? So like if, yeah. For advancement. If, if, when we play many, many adventures with these characters. um, Yes. Yeah, there are... When
0: they become household names and spawn a Amazon Prime animated show. (laughs) Shark and Mucho.
1: (laughs) And I want my. I, I picked out my my elf's name too, okay. after my favorite Banner Saga.
0: Moonglow. Moon no, oh. uh, Folka. 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 How do you spell that?
1: Folka. F-O-L-K-A. K A. Who is a bard? FYI, in ban- Banner Saga, so,
0: <clears throat> so there. something to think about. Something to think about.
2: <laughs> I have I I've got Banner Saga on my Steam list, and I just haven't had a chance to play it yet.
1: Oh. So good. I
0: love bon- uh, Bonner. <laughs> Bonner Saga is a different game about Bruce as <laughs> he goes through his gamma <laughs> yeah. radiation.
2: So good. It's such a great game.
0: Uh, Banner Saga is amazing. Yeah. Oh, my God. Such a fun world, too. Uh,
2: so you guys were get, are going to be then joined by uh, by a cat person named Mucho, uh, who is a, um, a monk.
1: Ooh. Ooh. Yeah,
2: meditating. <gasps> meditating on uh, possibly the the holiest ball of yarn
1: i love that
0: i know that we're using mucho as sort of our guide here but can this be a hairless cat uh sure
1: (laughs) as long as it has a snaggle
0: tooth is it too trophy to have a bald monk
2: (laughs) you know not a hairless cat but a cat that is shaving its head oh god that's worse so like a fryer worse.
1: tuck thing yeah like yeah, one of yeah. those
2: big circles on the top of their head
0: just <laughs> cut out of this otherwise very furry cat oh
1: but what if it's like its tummy has been shaved like so it's because my cat had to have its tummy shaved when we had to do like surgery and stuff on it so it could just have a bald tummy
2: so here's the thing a bald head is actually perfect for the game mucho because that's how i got mucho he had he was, his head was shaved because he had been attacked by his oh, brother, and they had no. he had stitches.
0: Perito, well, I think we found out who the big bad for our yes. our, our campaign is. We're
1: going on a, a revenge quest. Perito,
0: the rogue monk. <laughs>
1: yes, we have to hunt down Perito, the bad monk. Do we just
0: roll with this? Is this a good idea? Do we just roll with this? Literally.
1: <laughs>
0: oh God! I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> It's like when Pee Wee would say the secret
2: word.
1: Uh. <laughs>
2: oh um, yeah, I think uh, I think oh, I, I think it's really good. Like uh, just what, the way we've talked about what the game is and what makes a good game. But I think also, like, honestly, I think I don't know that many live plays that I've listened to where you hear them make the characters where you hear them figure that out.
0: Yeah, there's usually like an episode zero. So this would be mm-hmm. like episode 34 slash zero for us. <laughs> half of this is a dork matters episode and the other half is something else
2: honestly if uh if yeah. you guys enjoy this and um and like the first the, the 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 live play episode if you guys enjoy doing that i am it doesn't have to be the only one. oh,
0: oh it's tempting jason Ooh, it's tempting <laughs> uh. we're
1: bringing jason back
2: uh. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> his face when you do that I really love it.
0: I'm just trying to make y'all laugh, <laughs> but I love it.
2: <laughs> it's been Jason <laughs> what?
0: Every,
2: Every time I hear Sexy Back," the first thing I think of is when the song came out, some like also in comics, like in Marvel Comics, they were bringing the character of Onslaught back from from the X-Men universe. This is a great deep cut as if like,
0: just in case anybody was still listening, (laughs) let's talk about Onslaught
2: (laughs) and the Onslaught saga. Somebody did uh, like a, a cover song saying like, we're bringing Onslaught back. And I was like, I can't believe somebody has made this. Only
0: amusing to us. <laughs> Should we get into Onslaught's backstory or keep moving? Keep moving. A weird merger <laughs> between Professor X and Magneto created the
2: character of Onslaught. Keep moving. I like how we said keep moving and he went.
1: No, <laughs> like, oh, nope
2: it's you gotta go it's yes and
0: and sometimes that leads you to talking about onslaught for already too long
1: now i got i've committed gotta keep going god
0: he's such a 90s character too like the armor and stuff and the weird like pseudo juggernaut head Onslaught.
2: yeah well and it's that oh. it's it's always that sort of like it's that uh the same thing is like doomsday for superman like where it was just like let's just make the the scale like it's not about a, um something deeply connected to the character. Let's just make the scale as big as possible. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Magneto and Xavier, neither of them are that big. Their psychic projection onslaught has to be just so massive. Gigantic. All right. I have found my half orc block here uh, in, in D and D beyond sponsor us. Um, (laughs) Sponsor
2: us.
0: (laughs) So I've got some cool traits, dark vision, menacing, I gain a proficiency in the intimidation skill, relentless endurance, which is the one Jason was describing. Uh, I I jump back up. I don't die when I hit zero. I pop back up to one, Mm -hmm. uh, or get knocked out, however you want to call that, and savage attacks. Uh, So cool. I'm I'm happy with that. You've already got your class, Pig. Lexi, have you have you figured out a class for Folka?
1: I would like uh, Folka to be a wood elf. Uh,
0: Sorry, that's race. What kind of class? That's not a profession. Oh, sorry. (laughs)
1: what's her occupation unless
0: you mean that she's a woodworking elf (laughs) like like one of those Uh, shoemakers. what are the difference
1: like we got i'm just thinking of final fantasy tactics here like what do we got here
0: i'll tell you what we can do is you can throw out what you're looking for and jason and i can help you uh direct towards something
1: i think i would like like a strider like just like a mercenary
0: oh so like a ranger like so you could go either rogue or ranger, I guess, or or what do they call them in yeah. um, in D D
2: parlance? Yeah, yeah. What was your What was your lowest stat again, Lexi? Uh, it
1: was a six.
2: No, I mean, sorry. What What was the attribute you'd put it into? Oh,
1: charisma. Charisma.
0: Okay. Yeah, it kind of fits.
2: Yeah, yeah. You know, I think like I could see spend all
0: your time in the woods.
2: the The, the rogue version of it is like, um, um, or like a ranger would be somebody who's like kind of like. Sneaking through the woods, you know, uh, sneaking around, making sure, like, you know, getting in behind to to flank the enemy kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and then uh, the ranger is a bit more like, uh, uh, I, I know I said ranger and rogue at the same time, but um, the ranger would be a bit more of a stand up and fight. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, so maybe like I'm hearing rogue, you seem to be excited about sneaking.
1: Yeah, I like sneaking around. That sounds good. Sneaky sneak.
2: Okay. Sneak, sneak
0: yeah sneaky sneak that should have been your character's name
1: Ooh, maybe that could become like her nickname and everyone starts calling her sneak but she doesn't like it because she's like no maybe
0: we'll see how sneaky she
2: is
1: i have no sense of humor because i have no charisma <laughs> my name is not sneak and so everybody has to call her sneak now
2: <laughs> i actually kind of especially like she has no sense of humor he's got a charisma of yeah. 15 he's got a ton of humor so mm-hmm.
1: it's, it's gonna be a great
2: maybe. you're always the straight man
1: yeah, this is going to be great.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm so tempted to go bard. Oh my god, do it. It will be hilarious. Yeah, do uh, it. You know what? I think I'm going to do it. Why not? A strong a strong
2: bard. Oh. Oh, and like especially like with that orc heritage, you've got a, like a probably this bassy baritone like crooner. <laughs> oh yeah, he, yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh no, his voice is mine. And maybe even a little higher pitch. Across the fields we go, all oh, the guns and snow. <laughs>
1: and where adventure takes us, we will go, go, go. Could you play the accordion? Could that be your instrument? Like,
0: oh, that's really good. I was gonna go with ukulele, but maybe that's too twee. Uh, accordion. You
1: got to do, yeah.
0: Fantasy accordion is is perfect. Are you are you both okay with with Chark, the accordion playing orc? This sounds amazing.
1: God, yes.
0: Uh, yeah, then I'm gonna go bard. I like bards. Um, I've got just enough charisma and dexterity to make it not like completely unworkable with the character stats. So, but also not op or anything with like going barbarian or, or fighter or something. So
2: I uh, just again to like because we have we've, we've really played with the randomness here, uh, and this might be kind of a good way to to sort like a draw to a to a close. Um, would be figuring out how your characters met. Hmm. I'll include Mucho, the cat person, in this too. Um, Yes, yes. I'm going to roll a d20 here. And um, I'm going to say that um, if it's a a one to, what is it, one to five, one to five, you're already friends. Like, you've known each other a long time, and we'll we'll figure out what that is. Um, uh, Six to ten, we're going to say, actually, maybe that you've been you're like not adversaries. Like you don't, you don't hate each other, but you're like rivals that have to work together for some reason. Um, mm-hmm. uh, 11 to 15, we'll say is, um, married. Pardon me. Married. I said married. Married. Okay.
0: <laughs> a triad. Yeah.
2: <laughs> a thruple. <laughs> In the <a> thruple. <laughs>
0: should, should that? No, we yes. gotta roll. We gotta roll. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and then, uh, Sixteen to twenty. I'm going to say actually that you've been uh, you you've all essentially been assigned together, so you don't know each other. Mm. Mm, Okay,
1: that sounds exciting. Okay,
2: Okay, so we'll see what the fates have in store. Well, let's let this roll. I'm so excited. (laughs) It's uh, fifteen. We're a throuple. (laughs) Oh my god! God.
0: (laughs) It's it's perfect, and if I'm honest, it's what I wanted. oh we will have to decide how mucho chark and folka got together and uh what that arrangement looks like it all started in a tavern on the next episode no. <laughs> yeah it always does jason uh thanks so much for joining us um do you want to give uh, our listeners a little bit of a
1: where can they find your
2: stuff uh, can
0: you tell people where to <laughs> find you yeah where do they find you? What are your socials, your ads, your emails, that sort of shit?
2: Uh, I think uh, so. My socials are all just my own name. So Jason Memel on um, or no, actually, I take that back on Twitter. It's typewriter Jason. It's like back in the no
0: take back. <laughs> <No
2: take backs. laughs> <laughs> I quit. I need to go get my I need to go get my own Twitter handle now. <laughs> no, um, uh, but you can I think I'm I'm findable using my own name on Twitter and Instagram. and uh, And I've got my own website, too.
0: And we'll link you in the show notes as well. So if people are trying to find Jason check the show notes you'll see links to uh, where he is
2: one one thing I will say is like honestly um, if anybody feels like they want to run it or they want to have a D&D game and they want somebody to run it drop me a line um uh, I've done it for a few people as a oh Jason is awesome. dungeon master for hire yeah, I've done it for a few people it's been fun and um I'm pretty reasonable in terms of rates I can I can scale for just about anything if you like what you hear <laughs> uh, I can do it for you. <laughs> It sounds like a phone sex ad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. I'll talk
0: to you for $29.99 a minute. Yeah. It's good rates. Jason, thank you so much for joining us. This was a blast. I love doing it. Um, I'm excited to figure out when we can do that, that episode. Totally. Yeah. We'll do it real of soon. the adventures of Fulco, Mucho, <laughs> and Chark, the thruple. Um, <laughs> and see where that goes. Steamy adventures.
2: Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Mucha was a monk. He married all of us. Oh, like... He'd have to. Yeah.
0: Yeah. He, he, he had the... Uh, whatever. The, the license. Do, do we take
2: each other to be <laughs> our...
0: <laughs> we had a bond that was uh, forged in blood.
2: Oh, there
0: you go. And we've just grown closer <laughs> and closer the longer we've been traveling together. And now we're unseparable. Uh, inseparable inseparable <laughs> inseparable is not a word inseparable inseparable yeah you
2: are all know my
1: wife end it there
0: <laughs> yeah we can't top that jason thank you again and uh to everybody else dork 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 Thanks for listening to Dork Matters. If you like the podcast, subscribe, give us a rating, and tell your friends about us.
1: If you are a fellow dork and have a dork issue that you think we need to discuss, tell us on our social media. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter. You can also check out original art and other content from Ben and myself.
0: We'd like to say a big thank you to Yabra for the use of our theme song, Dance, off of their Astral EP, as well as a thank you to Jess Schmidt for producing and editing our podcast. Thanks, Jess. Dork Matters.
1: This podcast is created on the traditional territories of the Blackfoot Nations, which includes the Siksika, the Begaini, and the Gaina. We also acknowledge the Stony Nakoda Nation, Sutena, and Métis Nation Region 3.